Hello and welcome to the What Manners Most podcast. I'm Thomas Farley, Mr. Manners. Four months into a global lockdown that has transformed every aspect of our lives, I wonder where would we be without humor? Cut off from our favorite restaurants and bars, our beloved stores, and far-flung travel destinations, we've coped with this very unforeseen new reality in a variety of ways, from shock and denial to depression and ultimately acceptance. The ability to find moments of levity, scarce as they were in a pandemic that by mid-June has claimed the lives of 125,000 Americans, has been a vital part of what has helped so many of us find clarity and keep our sanity. Whether creating funny videos on TikTok or sharing absurd memes, the global citizenry gallows humor has provided a much-needed diversion as the coronavirus sent the world into a shelter-in-place tailspin. And yet, it is not all fun and games. The late-night comedians, from Jimmy Fallon to Jimmy Kimmel, Bill Maher to Trevor Noah, John Oliver to James Corden, each of them broadcasting from home rather than the elaborate studios where they have traditionally delighted audiences, have helped provide both context and reassurance as we grapple with the double load of anxiousness coming from the threat of COVID-19 and the racial injustices that have been catapulted to the forefront of world attention with the killing of George Floyd. Which got me to wondering, what are the lesser-known professional comics doing at this time? With comedy clubs shuttered indefinitely, what will become of them? And how will they continue to offer us perspective at a time when we need it most? For that, I contacted Tom Kelly, a longtime warm-up comic for some of America's biggest television shows. For 13 years, Tom was the warm-up comedian for The View, and up until the coronavirus hit, he was the man who helped get audiences excited as they settled in for live tapings of Good Morning America. Every day we have the happiest and the loudest studio audience on television, thanks to our warm-up comedian, Tom Kelly. If you want to find the craziest like uh, neighbor in your neighborhood, find the one with the most Christmas lights, because I feel like the person with the most Christmas lights outside the house has the most problems inside the house. For a guy, a wedding is a big party right before your buddy goes into witness protection, because after that party, you never see that dude again. <laughs> We've got the best slogan, kiss me, I'm Irish, so much better slogan than turn the lights off, I'm Amish, or... <laughs> Or explain it to me, I'm Polish, or circumcise me, I'm Jewish. So. I think the role of comedians is very much in question right now. What can we make jokes about? Where can we make the jokes? Is the world about to really come back? I feel like right now we've been in a cocoon for 90 days, and we're just starting to come out of the cocoon and we don't know if we're going to be a butterfly or not. Tom is not joking when he kids about being in a cocoon for 90 days. He's been riding out the pandemic away from his Manhattan home, staying with his parents on Long Island, operating out of his childhood bedroom, cabbage patch dolls, and all. We've been quarantined for 95 days, according to my computer. I haven't done a backup of my computer in my apartment for 95 days, so that's how I keep track. And I made an effort to make every day of quarantine the best day I could have. And yet, not even a pandemic can stop him from doing what he loves, up to and including a socially distanced report on YouTube from a deserted beach on Long Island. His plea for work is only partially tongue-in-cheek. My name is Tom Kelly. 
successfully social distancing on the beach in the middle of a thunderstorm to give you my opinions from a location where I'm not spreading germs. And if you have a few minutes, I'm an unemployed comedian with a podcast, with a YouTube channel, and uh, without a job. So subscribe and share. This is not the way he ever imagined this going, although as for many comedians, his career choice came about as a result of a very different sort of scary. In 1992, he and his father were driving in upstate New York when their car was hit head-on by a drunk driver. It was while recuperating at a cousin's house that he tuned in to Late Night with David Letterman. Musician David Sanborn and chef Deborah Ponzak, plus Paul Schaefer and the world's most dangerous band. And now, the last best hope for America, David Letterman! The sardonic comics brand of humor was just what the recovering young man needed to get his spirits back on track. He also decided he wanted to go into comedy. It was a talent he soon realized that he himself had when, to his surprise, he won a Christian service award at his high school and, on a whim, played the honor up to the audience as though it were one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. I go to get my award and I just threw my arms up into the air like I was Rocky picking up a Christian service award and the crowd went nuts. And that's when I realized I could manipulate large groups of people. Humor makes people do things for you. Humor is a powerful thing. Cut to an internship at the Conan O'Brien show, a role as an NBC page, and then a position as a writer's assistant at the Rosie O'Donnell show, and 20-something Tom Kelly thought he was well on his way. And then, suddenly, in 2002, Rosie O'Donnell announced she would be ending the show's run to spend more time with her children. It was at this point he fearfully wondered what might be next for him. How do you rediscover yourself? We have the humor inside. The question now is, how do you deliver it? And it's so scary. And through that scary time in my life, I started playing the road. I was planting seeds for things that grew up into being beautiful fruit trees. It was while on the road during a hurricane that he got a life-changing phone call that was truly a dream come true. I was riding out a hurricane in a Wendy's on US-19. My double-wide trailer was flooding, so I couldn't stay home. And while at this Wendy's during a hurricane, I got a call telling me that Rosie O'Donnell had recommended me to Barbara Walters to potentially be a warm-up comedian when she was going to The View the first time in 2006. And the job was supposed to last two weeks, and it lasted 13 years. The role of a TV warm-up comic is not an easy one. They've got to energize a crowd that's filled with people who, in exchange for their free ticket, have to show up outside a studio, wait in a very long line for a very long time, to finally be seated, and then sometimes reseated. We're then told they can't move from their seats for the next however long, 90 minutes, 2 hours, and you can see it in their faces. I've seen it myself from backstage when I'm a guest on The Rachel Ray Show, the faces of the audience members where they look a little excited to see their favorite celebrities, yes, but also kind of tired and weary and just a little bit annoyed at the whole process. And then the comedian comes in and just makes everything better and lighter, paving the way for the show's stars, the celebrities the audience has by now waited hours to see. 
I wondered what Tom's secret is for taking a tired audience and giving them a good time, reinflating their enthusiasm for being there in the first place. What I do is I treat my warm-up work as being a host of a party that is not for me. It is your birthday party in my house. You know, and, and what does that mean? That means we don't sing happy birthday to me, but I walk around and make sure everybody's got champagne in their glasses mm-hmm. is the analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about making sure the guests are happy. And all this stuff sounds so corny, but that's what being a warm-up comedian is. Tom Kelly is not only at ease in front of studio audiences of a couple hundred, but also in front of crowds of thousands as when Good Morning America broadcasts a concert, as it did with you 2 at my own alma mater, Fordham University, in 2009. I'm willing to bet none of the undergraduates there that day have any recollection of Tom Kelly's jokes, but they do remember having an amazing time. And as warm-up comic, Tom played a vital role in that. I am very anxious in social situations. I need help getting over one-on-one awkwardness. But man, I love talking to 5,000 people at the same time. I find, for me, if something's not going right, if I just make fun of myself and my own insecurities, I the gears start grinding together. Confidence or not, there is no question that we are living through times that would challenge the funny bone of most of us. And yet... Amidst all the memes about toilet paper hoarders and bad haircuts, pandemic paunches, and Zoom call disasters, the ability to find occasion to laugh has been one of our saving graces during this pandemic. You know, I thought my career was going to end in human resources, not hoarding toilet paper. And the humor is making fun of shared situations. Everybody was nervous about toilet paper. Like, who would have thought we would all be thanking the UPS guy like he was a soldier who just came back from Iraq. Or who'd have thought we would be banging our pots like it's New Year's Eve for nurses every day. And frankly, another shared moment of suffering is if you're a parent or know a parent, you have a lot more respect for your teachers. Any parent who has tried to teach their kid Common Core math has called to apologize to every teacher they said was overpaid. The situation we now find ourselves in, uneasy as it is, perhaps has some parallels in history when it comes to culture seeking solace in comedy. Whether the antics of Abbott and Costello during World War II, or Bob Hope entertaining the troops overseas, as he did in this clip from Vietnam in 1970 in Long Bend. So help me now, wish him Merry Christmas, and welcome him and all of these other wonderful people that have left their homes to come over here and entertain you on Christmas. Bob Hope. Here we are in Long Bin. Long Bin, it sounds like Dean Martin's wine cellar. <laughs> yes, sir, this is the biggest military installation in Vietnam with 25,000 men. And with all the troop withdrawals, I'm surprised to see anybody here. <laughs> It was nice of you guys to stick around just for me. Comedy provides us the chance to laugh, even in the face of misery, allowing us to learn more about the human condition and about ourselves. With any comedy I create, with anything I've done, uh, there's this awful fear that it's irrelevant. 
But what I am doing right now, and I encourage anybody in anything creative to do is create it. And then you could sell it later. Hopefully the world will rubber band back to normal. So I'm writing new jokes. I'm trying new experiences. I'm actually exercising. I've let my hair go gray, which probably won't last when I start performing for crowds again. I have been exercising and dieting. And I am proud to say that after 90 days of pandemic, I've only gained two pounds. This is a time to connect with other things I want to do with my time. Mm -hmm. I tried writing a book for a few weeks. That did not work out very well so far. But at least I have 40 pages of really bad notes that may qualify as a manifesto of some sort. <laughs> I have reconnected with friends who would not have taken the time to make a video phone call. Never mind eight of them at the same time. If humor has helped us handle the shock and the grief of this pandemic, eventually getting us to a place of hope as we think about starting to reclaim our lives again, I wonder what role will humor play as we start to rebound? With many of us transitioning back to our workplaces, for example, perhaps still feeling uneasy about being around other people and shaking hands. You need to find your signature hand gesture. I love Star Trek, so I do the live long and prosper. Or maybe you want to do cowboy guns, but don't do too many. School shootings, still also a sensitive issue. Maybe you want to do a thoughtful, ooh, glasses off. Or you do elbow bumps, or a lot of people are doing knee bumps. Find your own signature hello. That's the great way to greet people, and it's kind of fun and uplifting. It's fitting that Tom suggests people do the Vulcan live long and prosper greeting. It's something I've been advising in media since all of this started. I'm also a Star Trek fan, although I never got to practice it with the original Mr. Spock, as Tom did when the late Leonard Nimoy was a guest on The View. Tom, you know, Tom, I was our warm-up fellow. Yeah. Uh, Tom- did you know? Is it, did you know that he was a lifelong trekking? I didn't know like that. Yes, when you were little. Since I was like twelve. Since you were twelve years yeah. old. I used to, my mom used to drive me to Star Trek conventions as a kid. Now, please welcome my friend Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Where's Tom? Where's Tom? Tom is right Tom there. Is right there. Um, Tom. He is. Tom. <laughs> Live long and prosper, Tom. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> you, you just totally made his life. It's not just the fact that the Vulcan greeting is easy to do from six feet away or more, unlike elbow bumps or knee bumps. It's also that message, live long and prosper. Words of support and hope that can help uplift us at a time when our spirits could use to be uplifted. But is there room for the rest of us to try to be funny? Can we safely joke about what we've all been through these past several months? Joke about the toilet paper, Joke about being cooped up inside. Joke about how you binged on Netflix the whole time. You know what everybody can agree on? Tiger King. There is a safe topic. And then after that, I would say be gentle. I I think instead of trying to be funny, try to be loving for a change. 
because God knows the world needs a little bit more of that and save the real funny stuff for people who get paid for it. I'm so thankful for the comedians and for the truly funny people, whether they get paid or not. Mournful crying is no laughing matter, but laughing so hard you cry is one of life's greatest sensations. I wish you, my listeners, less of the former and a lot more of the latter as we come together to beat this virus. In normal times, I'm fond of saying that humor can be one of the finest ways for us to diffuse a difficult conversation. Now more so than ever, humor may be our greatest tool, not just for coping, but also for helping uplift those who need to smile underneath their masks. Think of it as Tom said of how he ultimately landed his 13-year gig on The View. You'll be planting seeds for things that can grow up to become beautiful fruit trees. Please be sure to check out Tom on his YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages at The Tom Kelly Show, all of which will be posted in the notes for this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Tom Kelly. Good night! And if this episode put a smile on your face, please give us a rating on your podcast platform. And if you like, a review as well. Special thanks to my producer, Martin Burgess, and thanks to you for tuning in. I'll see you next time on the podcast where we explore, discover, and distill what matters most. 